Welcome back to episode 57 of the Hockey House Podcast presented by Optimex Sports. I'm your host, Mackenzie Murphy, joined alongside by Stephen Glick and our executive producer, David Herman, as we bring you the latest news from around the ACHA and the CHF. Good to have the boys back. Glick, I know your season wrapped up this weekend. Uh, how, how are the playoffs? Playoffs didn't really go exactly as planned. We lost in the first round to Villanova, but you know, I mean, Villanova's a great team and they ended up doing pretty well. And overall, we're very happy with how we did this year and we're just looking to build all off of it next year yeah we'll get to that in a bit but it sounds like the ECHA playoffs were very exciting and, and and pretty entertaining for everyone involved and we'll touch on that in a bit Herm you were you joined us virtually last time you were feeling a little under the weather so you recapped your your weekend in South Carolina but it sounds like you're still fighting it a bit yeah just a little bit I don't know it's just lingering sticking around this weekend was a trip to the garden which is always a ton of fun. I got surprised last minute with tickets from a family friend and got to go with my dad to the Rangers Canucks game. Uh, unfortunate five to two loss for the blue shirts, but o- always a great time spending time with my dad at the garden. And uh, you you have a new addiction I've seen today, uh, gondola, right? I'll do my little pitch for it. This is not sponsored by any means. We would appreciate it if you guys sponsored us, but. Gondola is basically like a virtual credits page for anyone within the sports industry. So that's social, photo, digital, graphic design. Basically, your team or an athlete puts something up on social media and you might not necessarily see credit for it and it kind of just fades away with the passage of time. Gondola allows you to keep track of the likes, views, shares, replies on all of the things that you've worked on. It is basically sweeping the sports industry by storm. It's really, really cool to see the culmination of all of your work in concise numbers. Yeah, a bunch of my buddies here at Cuse have used it. I've been updating mine, but I haven't really shared mine yet. My weekend, I stayed busy, kind of took a break from from covering the ACHA and followed along our, our women's Division One NCAA team for the weekend. We hosted a conference tournament at Tenity for all the guys listening who have been to Tenity. Um, if you could imagine what a conference tournament would look like at the NCAA level with five teams at that rink, it was a nightmare logistically to plan. Um, they had a medical tent installed. They had a media tent installed. They converted the pro shop to a media room. Like that's where everyone did their post-game interviews was in the pro shop in front of a backdrop. They had locker rooms basically in the hallway and there's not really much of a hallway at Tennessee. So it was quite the sight. It, it definitely gave me some ACHA vibes. It was like doing the best was what they could. All in all, a good weekend. Cuse won. They survived a scare on Saturday against RIT in overtime, and then they won again in overtime against Mercyhurst to clinch an auto bid. You know, the biggest show in town that night was Duke coming to town in the Carrier Dome, 31,000 fans. That was pretty cool. What was not cool was Duke going seven for seven from the three-point line to start off the game. So that, that was not very entertaining, but it made my job as the clips and highlights guy for the night, made my job very easy because there weren't many Q's highlights but good weekend here in Syracuse really looking forward to spring break around the corner I'm absolutely swamped with schoolwork right now it's like I forgot how hard just being a student is in college like you go through the motions through the year like balancing hockey and school and now that hockey's over it's like wow like the school stuff's pretty hard right now so looking forward to getting a breather during the spring break coming
coming up here. I think the lead this weekend was definitely BYU hockey playing their final game. This was a story we've been talking about all season long. We had the guys on over the summer and they explained the situation and, you know, hoping for for better things to come. And we still really haven't heard any news on that side of the university. But if you don't remember, BYU at the start of the year was told that they would no longer allowed to use the university name, logo and colors after this season. Um, So they've been exploring, exploring alternative options all year long for what they are going to do next year. Does not sound like there's anything planned at the moment. They issued a statement after the game saying that we want to thank our fans, families, and brothers for the unconditional love and support that we've gotten this season. This goodbye is harder than others, and we have no words to sum up the time we have had here as a program. BYU hockey has been such a blessing in so many lives. The Cougars defeated ASU on Thursday night by a score of 5-4 to four in overtime. Ammon Anderson had a hat trick for the win. The following day, they fell to Denver Metro to officially end the season. I can't imagine what these guys are going through. To be told that they can't even play under the university name is absurd. Watching all year long, the fan support. I mean, they're selling out that place every night. Pretty devastating to see. I don't know if you guys have any thoughts on this one. Yeah, it's definitely a really situation, but, you know, hopefully moving forward, they can just kind of build off of it and just try and see where it goes. BYU had a super passionate fan base, and this is a, a big, big loss for not only hockey out West, but D2 hockey as a whole. I, I guess, is it crazy to say, like, with the proper support from the university, they had a realistic chance of going D1 ACHA? This It seems like it was ripe for the opportunity to do it, and I don't quite understand why the university would shoot itself in the foot and disband the program. Yeah, I don't know if if they were ripe necessarily for Division One, just because there's so many teams out west in Division Two. You know, if they moved to Division One, they'd have a rivalry with Utah, and that would be great. But it just kills me when I see like when universities do this. Like it's the same thing when when NC State's men's and women's team they both captured the ACC titles, and like neither team is allowed to use the school's branding. It's like why are you doing this? Like these teams are giving you nothing but good publicity. I mean, I can understand when teams get into brawls or they do stuff off the ice that doesn't reflect the the core values of the university. And if you want to go do that and take away logos and and privileges at that point, that's totally understandable. To do this when when BYU hockey has done so much for that community, you can see by the fan support they had all year long, it just makes zero sense. It sounds like somebody's making a decision who has never once stepped foot in a hockey arena. We, we haven't even brought up the petition that they had. I want to say it was like 5,000 signatures that they got in support of BYU hockey. It makes no sense why there was never an official statement from the university about this. Or, or, or even like a... Uh, like all it would have taken is one person from the university or the president or someone to go to a game and just see what BYU hockey is all about. Imagine going to a game and then turning around and still sticking to your guns. Like it, it, it makes no sense. And I'm absolutely devastated for those guys. And I, and I hope if they don't have the opportunity to play hockey at BYU next season, that they find places to go play. And, and a lot of those guys do like mission work and, and stuff through BYU. So I'm sure plenty of them will stay at BYU just because they're so passionate about that university, but it just sucks, man. Like, you know, I, I wish nothing but the best for everyone involved. Plenty of highlights though, this weekend. I mean, so much action just with the D2 tourney itself. I've said this 
like three weeks in a row now, but the D2 tourney is just very exciting because it's kind of like March Madness style. You get the bracket with the regions, the best teams automatically get to go, and then you get the pool play when it comes time for the tournament. So I think at the end of the day, the best team really does win. But uh, we'll start things off in the, the CHF. Alabama beat Ole Miss 7-6 to six in overtime, and uh, Ole Miss responded by starting some beef on Twitter. Checked Twitter and couldn't really find anything. Seems like the tweets had been taken down. But in a statement from the league, the players who registered to play for the CHF team did so properly and via our rules and before the deadline. Each player's academic status and full-time student is in good standing, was verified by their school. Those players are 100% eligible to play. Alabama D2 has, has just as many hockey scholarship players as Ole Miss zero and that was from uh kenneth sarge day the college hockey south director of hockey operations who reached out for a comment on friday it sounded like ole miss fired off a tweet after the loss saying something about how bama had players from their division one team their acha division one team coming down and playing for their d2 chf team after being eliminated from postseason contention definitely worth exploring but it sounds like uh the college hockey south director of hockey ops is is saying that there's no foul play here but i'm sure the the people at Ole miss would probably disagree with that take herm i don't know if you have any any thoughts on this basis going back and forth here but i don't know i, I feel like we've seen this at, at all levels it happens too in the acha when guys get cut from ncaa teams and then they are all of a sudden on a roster halfway through the semester it's like where did that guy come from but once again it sounds like they've said no foul play at this point click i don't know if you want to chime in i personally think it's kind of, you know if this is true if alabama did bring guys down from the d1 to the d2 team that's just kind of a thing to do you're on the d1 team for a reason it's separate from the d2 team d2 team should play against players other teams with players who are on the division two team not just guys who you know they're done their season so they just want to play a couple extra games on the lower division team the the telling sign here is bama's d1 team has helmets similar to the football team you know it's the crimson helmet with the white stripe down it their d2 team has the inverse of that they have white helmets with a crimson stripe down the side so i wonder if maybe they were just guys with the crimson helmets who stood out like a sore thumb i, I don't know what led them to to believe this but i also think it's worth mentioning a 7-6 game in overtime sounds like it was a pretty good game i wonder if if that was the case would that game have been a bigger blowout at this point it's all like it's us just reporting on what we've heard from people you know every week we put up on our instagram Instagram story let us know if there's any highlights that we missed and and this was something we didn't see over the weekend uh but we were notified before we started recording so you know if, if, if anyone's listening and, and they have their side of the story feel free to chime in but definitely interesting this time of year especially with the college hockey south playoffs around the corner and some other highlights iup's d3 team captured the college hockey east title indiana university of pennsylvania defeated california university of pennsylvania in the final two schools in pennsylvania not named after the state of Pennsylvania so I thought that was a funny one but congrats to IUP's D3 team on clinching that Niagara also captured their second straight national title with a come from behind victory over Oswego State uh, that's back-to-back titles for the Purple Eagles they did not play last year because of the pandemic two titles in the past three years for the Purple Eagles this season was dedicated to their fallen teammate Pat Romano who passed away 11 months ago and you could tell there's a lot of emotion behind that victory this weekend 
U Tampa also won their, their conference tournament, erased a 3-1 deficit to defeat USF 6-4 and capture the Southern Collegiate Hockey Conference title. They did so in front of a, a packed student section for Tampa, and, and it was pretty cool to see. They, they took the lead, and there was a big-time goal, big selly in front of the student section. Love seeing that. Did you guys see, actually, side note here while we're talking about selling in front of the student section, Minnesota High School Hockey, it's a 10-minute misconduct if you celebrate in front of the other team's student section. Yeah, I guess they wanted to eliminate which I, I kind of understand where they're coming from. I don't like the rule, but I want to say that. But I saw something about it is because they were tired of kids scoring goals and skating 100 yards across the ice to celebrate in front of a student section, which I get like in the state title game. That's do whatever you want. But I think like there it does have to be a limitation there. But doing a 10 minute misconduct penalty seems like that where it's the no fun police. I don't know if you guys saw. I think I saw a TikTok about it describing it. That's definitely excessive, just like a 10-minute misconduct just for selling at a certain part of a rink. And especially like they're high school kids. They're just trying to, you know, enjoy the game. And that's, you know, I've never scored a goal, but just selling in front of an opposing team's fan selection, that's got to be a lot of fun. It's also like we, we talk about like during the pandemic and like people have to like have jobs. That's not their responsibility. Like there are people at Syracuse University who their one job is like go around during football games and make sure people are wearing masks. Like that stinks that that has to be their job. Imagine being a ref in Minnesota high school hockey and you now have to give out a penalty when this happens. Like they shouldn't have to worry about that like whatever but cool videos out of you tampa selling in front of student sections love that especially in a playoff game against an in-state rival plenty of overtime hockey though this weekend in the echa tournament navy clinched the title in overtime against william patterson william patterson had defeated nova the day before in an overtime thriller villanova tied it up with Literally no time left on the clock to send it over time before William Patterson won it. Good to see Navy win the conference. I think it's always good when it when a team who wins the regular season title also wins the conference title and gets some momentum heading into the national tournament here. And then a, another team we wanted to highlight is UPenn here, a team we really have not talked about at all this year. The only time we mentioned them, I think, was they got a shout out on Spit and Chicklets because they have some 30-year-olds on the team who I guess are getting a, a grad degree at Penn. Don't really have too much confirmation behind the story but a couple of 30 year olds on the team they won the cschc title uh last week which gave them a bid to the regional tournament they showed up to regionals and they knocked off number eight kentucky on friday night and then on saturday they stunned nc state the top seed in the southeast region by a score of four to three we talked about it a couple weeks ago but with the way the regional tournament works there's a huge difference between the two seed and the three seed one and two get to sit at home and rest up for nationals and the three seeds got to go through the gauntlet just to get to the tournament here nc state i think a team a lot of us had picked to to win and head to nationals is all of a sudden watching from home as UPenn takes the title here. I know uh, Herm, NC State is the team we love to follow along just because of all the content they produce. This one was a shocker. A bummer for me is just someone who loves Zach's work. Sucks to not see Nationals coverage from them. Really, really sucks. But big congratulations to the UPenn guys. Yeah, I think it's good for the ACHA too, especially like two programs, Kentucky and NC State, like huge media departments for those teams. We get a lot of coverage from them just because of how much they post. I tried to find UPenn today on social media, like barely anything on Instagram. Haven't seen anything from Twitter in about six years. Shout out to the UPenn guys for showing up and pulling off a couple upsets. 
I'm pretty happy a team from the city of brotherly love were able to get some big wins this past weekend for sure. Yeah, we've talked about their rink enough times on this podcast. So we never we never really talk about them, but the team that they would end up falling to though, uh, the Indiana Hoosiers, who I'm sure Fitz is beyond fired up about. The Hoosiers are going to nationals for the first time in 14 years. They ended the Cinderella run for UPenn. Really looking forward to seeing IU at nationals. Um, that'll be a blast to talk to those guys. And like I said, Fitzy's not here right now, but he is for sure fired up about this one. I want to give a shout out to Texas A&M for a good season. We had those guys on earlier. Um, they beat ETBU in the conference title game before heading off to regionals, and they upset Oregon. Oregon, you know, had big plans. They are going to Division One next year. I'm sure they were looking to make a run at nationals, and Texas A&M squashed that. First time A&M has ever won a game at regionals. Ethan McDonald had the OT winner against the Ducks, and then they fell the following day to number four, Montana State, who is heading to the national tournament. I want to give a shout-out to Austin Klein, who took over the helm for Arizona State halfway through the season after a rocky first semester for the Sun Devils. Klein led the team to a 9-2 and record in the second half. They were just 5-12 and in the first half. Uh, the second half included an upset win over UNLV and uh, they finished the season ranked number 21 on the outside looking in at nationals but I'm sure they've got plenty of momentum heading into next season I'm sure they're more than excited to be opening up a new arena in this upcoming year um, and then lastly wanted to give a shout out to Columbia who captured their first ever conference championship the other day it is to believe to be the first conference championship in 125 years of Columbia hockey they are crowned the MCHC champions they beat undefeated 16 and 0 sacred heart university considered one of the the greatest upsets in that conference's history uh want to give a huge shout out to those guys leafs fans eat your heart out with that drought 125 years that is crazy yeah they have gorgeous uniforms too we got to get columbia in the ecac at some point playing against the other ivy league teams i believe they're doing some sort of ivy league uh acha tournament to wrap up the year between those schools but the ivy league is missing columbia in the ecac we were just talking about arizona state but that brings up our, our guest for this week is sam murphy uh was able to talk to sam earlier this week and always good when we can get a female guest on the show the sun devils before we talked about this had not found out if they were going to go to the national tournament unfortunately Fortunately, though, you know, a late season loss to Boulder put them out of the discussion on the outside looking in. But Sam was awesome. She's a freshman at Arizona State, and she kind of went into detail what it's like being a part of the women's ACHA team on campus, the rise of Arizona State hockey at, at the moment. You know, you have the Coyotes coming to Tempe, and everyone's buzzing about hockey in that area. So it was really cool to have her on the show. And so that interview is coming up next on the Hockey House Pod. We're pleased to be joined by a member of the Arizona State Sun Devils Women's Division One ACHA team, Sam Murphy. Sam, welcome to the Hockey House. Thanks, Mac. Happy to be here. Yeah, awesome to have you on. Anytime we can get a female guest on the show, we're, we're more than happy to. And a lot of buzz around Arizona State hockey right now. Tell us a little bit about how your season's going. So our season unfortunately just ended last weekend. We had such a strong season, the best one in program history, actually. First time in program history, we were ranked top 10. And then the next rankings come out, we're ranked top nine. I had a record setting season for the program, broke a bunch of records on uh, points and I think some penalty minutes records as well. But unfortunately, we did lose in a huge upset to CU Boulder in um, the conference championships last weekend, which really sucked. I unfortunately was not able to play 
play. I broke my wrist in Utah a couple weeks prior to it. I wasn't able to help my team out, but yeah, it sucked seeing us lose when we were totally expected to win it. And now does that put you guys out of like the national tournament conversation or is there still a chance you guys could get in? Um, There's still a chance. We'll find out by the end of today. I'm pretty sure once final rankings come out, if we're still ranked top nine, then we make it in. If not, then our season's over. We'll keep an eye out for that and I'm sure it'll, it'll come out by the time this is released. You mentioned the, the penalty minutes and the points. Is there like an NHL equivalent that you could model your playing style afterwards? God, like ugh. some days I'm Brad Marchand and then <laughs> <laughs> some days I'm uh, Brady Kachuk, I'd say. Okay. So I think I think a lot of people can can resonate with that. That's that's what every coach is asking for in the ACHA. Totally. You mentioned growing up, uh, you know, in Canada. What part of Canada did you grow up, and how did you find out about Arizona State? So I'm from uh, Ottawa, Ontario, nation's capital, and I found out about ASU through my dad's buddy. He has a bunch of Airbnbs here in Scottsdale, and uh, my mom was actually planning, like pre-COVID, to do a girls' trip here to celebrate her 50th birthday. And my dad was like, "You know what? Let's just check out ASU just to see what a U.S. school is like." Um, he was really interested in watching the football team go he's a ex-pro football player so we were checking out the school and saw they had a women's hockey program kind of reached out to Lindsay ellis the head coach and went from there and so what level of hockey in canada were you playing last season I was playing the highest level women's hockey that Canada offers, which is the Junior League. Right now, it actually just got fully rebranded this year. I'm pretty sure it's called the OWHA U22 Elite League. JWHL, PWHL, if any of those uh, mean anything new, that was the league I played in for the Junior Lady 67s. Yeah, so you're playing in a league with a lot of girls that are are going to the U.S. to play college hockey, right? Yeah, my best friend uh, goes to Yale. One of my really good buddies goes to Dartmouth. Pretty much my entire team produced NCAA Division I commits. I go to Syracuse and like our women's team is like I would say 90% girls from from Ontario that's just they just happen to jump down the border to New York so uh, I know all about that what was it like adjusting to going to school in the U.S. were there any differences right away or you know were there things that you were expecting when you first got to Arizona State I was honestly I hadn't spent a bunch of time in the U.S. so I was really expecting that kind of U.S. stereotype everybody's gonna be mean to you and you're gonna be from Canada so it's gonna be so different and there's gonna be a huge culture shock it was the exact same and like what better place than arizona state because like from an american perspective like arizona state is seen as like the number one party school like you can't ask for any better weather no surprise to anyone how successful their men's program has become because if you're playing junior hockey like why would you want to go to school in the northeast that's small and cold when you can go to a school like arizona state what was that like coming from ontario and then going to you know a school down in the south it was crazy like i didn't expect the weather to be this nice all year round I expected maybe like a little bit of snow absolutely not just sun blue skies every day I'd been to a couple schools in Canada and like checked them out and this is so so much different like the amount of money this school has is absurd they don't cut corners at all everything here is insanely well done yeah and and we mentioned it earlier but like when you see the videos of the new rink that's being built clearly no corners being cut there and and we can get to that in a bit but uh one of our favorite questions is is like welcome to the acha moment i know you mentioned that a lot of your former teammates are playing ncaa hockey here in the states what was something early on in your time at arizona state that kind of like made you raise your eyebrows and was like whoa this is a little bit different than i expected gosh my first football game i went to i believe that was 
oh my god they do sports like crazy here i expected because it was acha to be treated like a like a club player i expected the school to be like nah you're a club we don't care about you they put us on a pedestal the same way they're putting their ncaa division one boys on a pedestal it's crazy wow that that's awesome can you give us like an example of, of stuff that they would do when you got on campus that made you think like wow like this is this is awesome that they're, they're giving us this pedestal for travel days our teachers make a bunch of really really great accommodations for us which is awesome if i wear my backpack on campus all people stop me and they'll be like dude that's sick you're playing for women's hockey like that's so cool if i'm doing like icebreakers in class that's my go-to icebreaker i play for the women's hockey team and immediately the entire class is like oh my god tell us about it that's so cool and it's really cool one thing that one thing that has caught my eye with your team is everyone loves to rave about how the men's team has the best jerseys in college hockey i mean you guys are not shying away when it comes to the creativity that it comes with being uh, you know those colors and the logo and, and that uh, what do you think of the jerseys? I love our jerseys. We actually just got new alternates this year, the maroon ones. Those are sick. All of our jerseys, if you've noticed, have the Sparky logo instead of the fork, which is a uh, NCAA rule club sports aren't allowed to use the fork. But I'm pretty sure, don't quote me on this, I'm pretty sure we just got the go-ahead to use the fork next year uh, just because of how successful we've been. So our jerseys are going to go from being this good-looking to being even better good-looking next season. Looking forward to seeing those. With the new arena talk, is there any, like, are you guys going to get a locker room is there any plans for that what have you heard on that end of things I haven't heard too much. The Coyotes news just came out. Um, it was in the works for a while, so they didn't have kind of like a dead set blueprint on what the rink was going to look like. I would assume they're going to give us a locker room in the rink. Uh, we've been getting a ton of donations made out in our name to the new rink, so I'm, I would say it's more likely than not that we'll get one. If not, then in two years when the Coyotes move out, we'll have all the NHL facilities. There'll be plenty of empty space once once they go, so that, that'll be exciting. Talk a little bit about that now that we're on the subject. Like, How cool is that? from a perspective as an Arizona State University student that like you can now walk to NHL games if you want. It's so exciting. It's going to be a hoop for the Coyotes and all of the ASU kids who love hockey. That's going to be really exciting. And it's honestly really good for the program as well. Just because anytime uh, we'll be practicing, the Coyotes are going to be there. There's going to be Coyotes people there. Women's hockey is a huge deal for the Coyotes organization just because in the in the desert, it's not really like a big thing for girls to be playing hockey. So if uh, we're on the ice and they're around, that's good news news for us because they're going to be wanting to cut us checks yeah I, I can imagine the networking opportunities are going to be really good in terms of like trying to find spots to work in the hockey world you talked about growing the game in, in arizona um i didn't know how familiar you are with the idea that ua like one of arizona state's biggest rivals is adding women's hockey how excited are you for that oh my god i am so excited for that we don't have any real rivals here right now a bunch of schools like say they're rivals but they're really not so until ua comes into play we're kind of the top dogs in arizona so I'm excited to play against them. I think they're coming in my junior year. So I'll only play against them for, or no, sorry, my senior year. So I'll play against them for one season. I'm really, really looking forward to that. Yeah, I mean, you see the crowds that the the men's ACHA team gets when they go down to Tucson and play. And by then, you guys will have the new rink. They'll have a new rink. Like, I'm sure that atmosphere will be crazy to play in. It's going to be insane. I've gotten to pop out for a couple of their games against UA, and it's been a really good time. Getting to, like, your season here, like, walk us through like the first semester what did that look like what were some of the places that you guys got to travel because you do like you said there's no teams near you guys so you guys do spend a lot of time on the road traveling we do an insane amount of traveling first trip was colorado we had to do a four in three so we played two games in one day which was horrible and then after colorado we went to missouri played against lindenwood and maryville after that we flew to 
Virginia and played against Liberty, which was also a really good time. They accommodate us really well. We get to fly everywhere, which is really nice. And then once we land, wherever we're going, a bus picks us up and travel's really easy, but it's long, like super long. We did a 12-hour bus ride to Utah two weekends ago, which is horrible to do, but it's a lot. You know, playing at home at at Oceanside, what is that environment like? And and what are some memories you have from the short amount of time you've been a Sun Devil? Oceanside's actually got a lot of character to it. We love it. Um, We call her Ocean Vegas. She's our little baby. We love her. So it's we're really sad to see her go. They're actually tearing her down, which is, I know, a couple of the seniors are going to cry. I didn't know that. Is there a deadline for that? Like, is when is when is Oceanside going? Oh, my God. I think uh, next year, first within the first semester of next year, there's a UPS facility right beside the rink. So they bought out the land. They're tearing her down, which is kind of sad. Yeah, that is sad. Considering, like, the, the rink situation in Arizona, I'm surprised they didn't find a way to keep it. Honestly, she's it's a terrible barn like it's it's not great the ice <laughs> is always melting our first few practices there were like holes in the ice because it was melting one practice was canceled because the entire ice sheet melted uh they forgot to turn on the coolers and it just oh god but she's got it's time for her to go but it'll be sad okay so i take that back ups can have the land yeah seriously no we're done with her <laughs> and you know like there's so much talk i think like in terms of the ACHA, that, that's like one of the arenas that people will talk about the most. Like, I mean, you look at Liberty, like they have a great facility, like everyone raves about that. And then on the men's side of things, like Ohio has a really good rank, but the character from Oceanside, just from, you know, the transition that the men's team made to the NCAA level. And now it, it seems like the women's program is now on the rise. Like you talked about having one of your best seasons in, in a while. Do you know, like how long has ASU had women's hockey and, and how successful have they been in the past? This is our sixth year as a program. I've heard a lot of stories about their first few years as a season. Like the alumni like to stick around and play a really active role on the team. And they kind of tell us what their experience was like when the program was just up and coming. And they had, they started, launched right into the division one and were maybe 15 girls on a team getting their asses beat every single game, like 15, nothing, 20, nothing, like 10, one, but they're having a great time. And then some recruiting started happening. Lindsay was able to uh, make a bunch of things fall into place. We got a bunch of help from Greg Powers. Then now we're here and just had our best season in program history. You mentioned Greg Powers. That was one of my next questions. How involved is he and in, 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 I mean, when you talk hockey in the state of Arizona, like he's going to go down as, as a legend just because he played at ASU and, and the transition he's been around. Has he, you know, does he stop in? Does he say hi to the girls when you guys are at the rink? He's around the rink all the time and we see him every time we're there. He helps Lindsay a ton behind the scenes, helps her kind of put together some practice plans, helps her um, with systems, stuff like that. He comes to majority of our games. I know he was a lot more active prior seasons, like prior to COVID. I guess they have a bunch of protocols. Prior to COVID, he would come on the ice occasionally with our team, run some practices for Lindsay. Um, he sends his assistant coaches out with us. We have a drill named after one of his assistants called the Hixie, but he's been a huge, huge help in getting the program where it is today. All right. Now that you've mentioned her probably five times now, let's talk about Lindsay Ellis. Like, what does oh, she yeah. mean to the program? What was your first introduction to her um, when you were in the recruiting process? Lindsay has done an insane amount for this program. She is only, I think, 27 years old, maybe 28 years old. Started the program when she was 21, built it from the ground up like single-handedly did it herself she I got a crazy amount of respect for that woman she does a great great job my recruiting process with her we actually reached out to her which was funny I didn't know much about the ACHA so when her response was yeah come down throw on some skating skate with the team I was like that's allowed I'm allowed to skate with you guys like I was kind of basing it off of like NCAA protocols and uh like recruitment rules and she's like yeah you can practice with us you can 
like we have practices Monday or sorry, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, 6am. Come on out. And I was like, okay. Came to the rink. Uh, she is a short uh, blonde lady. So I didn't know if she was a player or a coach when I first got to the rank, which was really funny. I was a little scared of her at first. She's kind of intimidating. But once I got to know her and kind of finished my three like tryout kind of recruitment skates with them, I started to form a really great relationship with her. Now we're here. She's one of my favorite coaches I've ever had. Um, I have a really great bond with her. So yeah. In terms of like a coaching style, sounds like she's a player's coach. Would you agree? Oh, totally. Talk us through some of your favorite teammates. We've talked about uh, the coaching staff and the higher ups. Who are some girls on your team that you'd love to give a shout out to that, you know, are, are always getting the girls going in the locker room? I'm going to give a shout out to my best friends right now that are on the team. So two of them are my roommates, Berkeley Radcliffe and Jill Ketchum. They're both Alaska girls. Jill is one of my line mates. Berkeley is one of my defense. They're both juniors, both transferred from NCAA Division Three programs, Buff State and Adrian. Fantastic hockey players, fantastic humans. They know when to be serious. They know when to have a good time. Sammy Lutch, which is Berkeley's D partner. She's also just a fantastic human. One of the best hockey players I've ever seen. Came out of the Chicago Young Americans program. Great person. Really fun to be around. Like she pulls the team together. She makes the team what it is. Interesting that you mentioned the D3 transfers because my ears perk up when I hear that because that's like we love to talk about that on this podcast. Have they given you any perspective on like the difference between NCAA D3 and and ACHA? Because like you said, like you kind of just took a leap of faith and came down to ASU, but like they saw what the other side looks like and it sounds like they're probably having a much better time at ASU. Oh, yeah. No, they um, I'm not going to speak for them about their experience at the D3 schools, but the transition has been weird for them, to say the least. They go from having pregame skates before every game and postgame lifts to now you don't get any of that here because it's a public rank. You, you can't like with community ice, you can't do that the way that the NCAA handles their programs is a lot more kind of cutthroat, a lot more structured than ACHA well at least for us it's very different as far as I know they love it a lot more here than they did at their prior schools yeah we we always joke that people who play in the ACHA usually love hockey more just because there's so many working parts that go into the ACHA where maybe at NCAA schools like that stuff is is kind of given to you structurally Arizona State like women's hockey when you're talking about it how much of that is student involvement opposed to you know club sports running it the coaching staff running it how involved are are some of your teammates in in that process it's super student ran our uh, program president is one of our seniors she's graduating this year so she just kind of passed down the torch to uh, one of the juniors our travel manager also a student our merchandise merchandiser person also a student our entire film crew media crew comes from our Cronkite School of Media and Journalism I'm pretty sure our photographer also student like everything is student ran for the exception of the coaches and, and who's running the TikTok account Malik Raybuck she's TikTok famous herself search her up she's great uh, she's running our TikTok and she also has uh, she's logged into our team Instagram as well she does all of the fun media stuff coach found out you can get paid on tiktok we had a rule no phones in the dressing room no phones in the rink period and now that she found out you can get paid on tiktok she lets mal bring her phone into the rink to take some videos for uh our tiktok hoping to make us some money yeah we, we joke about that all the time because there's there's a couple of ac 
ASUHA teams who are pretty famous on TikTok now. And it's like, it's amazing how I know ASU has women's hockey because I saw you guys on TikTok. Like I wouldn't know otherwise. And now like imagine all these little girls who are now growing up on TikTok seeing that ASU has women's hockey. How would you describe the program to somebody who knows nothing about Arizona State? Like if, if I just stumbled upon you guys on social media, like what kind of energy is at the rink every day with ASU women's hockey? Such a family environment. Uh, I know every team says that, but seriously, that's what it is here. Like these girls are, we're best friends and they're going to be my best friends for beyond these four years. Also a really hardworking group of girls. They bring their all every practice, every lift, every game. They all have their heart in it. Like watching us, watching everybody's reaction after losing conference championships and kind of thinking like, shit, our season's over. Like you can really, really see from that what this means to everybody. Any memories from the season on the ice that that you love? Any game favorite games looking back from, from your first year in the ACHA? Honestly, Liberty. Playing, not the first game against Liberty. We got beat really, really bad the first game. The second game uh, that we played against Liberty was probably one of my favorite games I've ever played. They only beat us 6-1, to one, which was actually a really great game for us. It was just really fun. It was cool seeing how Liberty runs things. Like, that's the bar of what ACHA should be. And it's really cool seeing how they run stuff. It was just a fun game for everyone involved. It was a great game of hockey. That's probably my favorite game, one of my favorite memories from my freshman year. And we, we talked about it earlier, and, and you said that like a lot of schools like to think that they're rivals with ASU, but ASU only really has one rival. Who were some games, maybe some more heated games that you got into with this year, some teams that maybe you consider rivals on the ice with you? GCU, every time we play GCU, that's a heated game. Colorado Boulder, those games are also heated. It's so back and forth with them. First time we played them this season, they beat us 5 nothing. Second time, we beat them 5 nothing, And then conference championships, they beat us one nothing. But those games are always super heated. Lots of words being exchanged between the girls tons of penalty minutes in those games they like to get rough those would be the only people i'd consider possibly rivals on the ice you, you mentioned that there is a lot of buzz on, on campus when when people see the backpack in women's hockey are people surprised to see that there's women's hockey are people excited when they see you're on women's hockey people are surprised they don't even know we have a men's program honestly like majority of the students have no idea they're like i didn't know we had a hockey team i'm like oh did you know we, we had a men's one and they're like nope so uh, most people are shocked. Uh, a lot of people get excited because there's a lot of opportunities for, like I was saying, our whole media crew is from the Cronkite School of uh, Media and Journalism. So a lot of people get excited, hoping they can maybe intern with our team. So I know I've given a lot of people like our coaches contacts to get in touch to run that stuff. We, we've touched a lot about like, you know, the the benefits of ASU and I don't want to hear the negatives but there were there any situations this year that you guys ran into where you know flights got delayed buses broke down any any travel issues or just bumps in the road in general throughout the season flying home from Virginia was probably the worst travel experience I've had in my entire life we had to drive from Lynchburg Virginia to Washington DC which I got insanely bus sick was throwing up on the bus the entire drive then we get to the airport we fly from Virginia to Texas and then I don't know where we were in Texas and then Texas back to Phoenix our plane was delayed because we I don't know what happened actually the plane was super delayed though we were sitting in the whatever airport it was some airport in Texas in the middle of the night it was 12 a.m we're sitting there girls are crying we're miserable we just want to go home and we have to go to class tomorrow it was so bad miserable and then we get on the plane and we're stuck on the plane for oh my god like maybe two hours this lady sitting in front of me on the plane it was me in the window seat my roommate in the aisle seat and there's an empty seat between us 
class, this lady sitting in front of me turns around and she starts yelling at me. She's like, why are you kicking my seat? And I look at her, I'm like, pardon me? She's like, I know you're kicking my seat, I feel it. I'm like, ma'am, I'm not kicking your seat. And then she turns back around. I like look over at my roommate. I was like, what the hell? And my knees are, I'm nowhere close to her seat. I was not kicking her. So then I move and I put my feet on my roommate's lap because we have an empty seat between us. So I'm like laying down. She turns around again. She's losing her mind. The entire plane is silent. They're like turning around looking at us. This lady's screaming at me. My team has to get involved. They're like, ma'am, she's not kicking you. Turn around and look at her. Her legs are on the seat. So I don't have to look. I don't have to look. And everybody's losing their mind. They're like, what the hell? Like, ma'am, you need to calm down. Finally, she turns around and goes to sleep. That is insane. It was horrible. Grumpy people on planes can be the worst. Oh my god, and for no reason. This this lady, I was so confused because I wasn't I wasn't even kicking her seat. So that was the weirdest part. I would have been fine with like maybe I bumped her seat a little. I'm like, yeah, I get it. Like planes are stressful. Nope. It was insane. So what time did you guys get back and what time did you have to go to class the next morning? Oh my god, I think we got back to our house at like two AM. It would have been a Monday first semester. So I had class at like nine AM. That is brutal. Oh my god, yeah. No, it was a horrible time. All the girls were like texting in the group chat the next morning, being like, just hit my 9 a.m. class. How are you guys doing? It was, yeah, horrible time. How many, are there any other Canadians on the team with you? Oh my god, we got a ton of Canadians on the team. Really? Yeah, there's another freshman who is from Kelowna, BC. And then we have a defense who is also from BC. Uh, I'm not sure where in BC, though. Another forward who is from BC. Another forward from Ontario, who I actually grew up playing junior hockey against. There's more. I know there's more. Well, so when when you're thinking about going to, to school, you know, why do so many Canadian girls find themselves coming down to the States to go to school? Like, is that is there better opportunities for college hockey in the States? Like, why do you think so many girls choose to, to cross the border for college hockey? Probably just because the quality of hockey down here is better. If you have the opportunity to go play club hockey at Arizona State versus go play U Sports hockey at a like not highly ranked school in Canada, you're going to choose to play ACHA hockey at Arizona State. Just because after hockey, when you get to say you have a degree from ASU, that means a lot more than having a degree from a shitty school in Canada. Yeah, no, I, I, and, and it seems like, like the minor hockey is, is so good in, in Canada too, but in, you see time and time again, a lot of women are choosing to come play in the States. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the States is also able to give a lot more money than Canadian schools are for their varsity athletes. So I think that's another huge thing that brings the um, Northern girls down here. Do you, you find your, your American teammates, do they ever like call you out for Canadian stereotypes ever? I do a bunch of A's, which I don't notice. They, every time I do it, they call me out and they chirp me for it. I got to do some kind of sports analysis for... Uh, the games during playoffs that I was hurt for just because my wrist was broken. So I wasn't able to play or be on the bench or anything. So I did some sports analysis and our whole media team was like, you have the most Canadian accent I've ever heard. It's insane. So I get that a lot. And I get made fun of for being pale, which is another thing. I was gonna say that 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 must be tough at a school like ASU to to avoid the sun. Oh, yeah. Growing up just in snowy, cold conditions and getting here and just being pasty white. I'm sure it's fine, though, when you get to go to the rink and in sandals and, and shorts every day. Oh yeah, no, you can't complain when you're leaving the rink in shorts and. Uh... Before we wrap things up, anything else you'd love to mention, or like I said, I know you you already gave some shout outs already, but sometimes we leave it too. Like if, if you, what what would be your pitch if if someone's listening to this? Like why why ASU? And we've gone over a million of the reasons already, but if you had to summarize it, what would you what would you say in your pitch? 
Hmm. Being a part of an up and coming, like up and coming program is really, really cool. One of the huge like Sun Devil hockey slogans is be the tradition and you get to truly be the tradition here uh, just because we're such a young program. So that's really exciting. We have just great facilities. Great things are coming for the program in the next couple of years. Uh, we're planning to make the jump to NCAA Division One uh within probably the next five or six years we will make a jump to the ncaa so that's really cool also just the environment that this team has that the school has yeah uh, i I didn't want to ask that because i didn't want to maybe overstep but i think like we we had greg powers on the show and he talked about how a lot of schools are thinking about hockey and they're not thinking about the right way like his mentality at asu was like we're going to be the best club hockey team we can be and then one day somebody decided to donate a lot of money and they had that opportunity to jump to division one it seems like you guys are kind of doing the same thing you're building that foundation with the club team and it'll be really cool to see where the program goes a couple years from now totally we've been drawing a bunch of attention uh, especially this season being our like record setting season it's been helpful for the program that a lot of our players are in the top 10 in the nation for points uh, are winning a bunch of awards are getting recognized in the ACH- ACHA for their outstanding efforts and their uh their kind of just being great players so as soon as we become the best in club hockey for women I'm sure we will have an NCAA program before then Awesome. Well, Sam, thank you for taking the time to, to talk with us today. And, and we really look forward to watching where the Sun Devil women go in the near future. Thanks, Mac. I had a great time. Once again, thank you to Sam Murphy for joining us this week. That interview was presented by Optimex Sports. Optimex Sports provides teams the opportunity to build and manage their own website. The best part, your first year is free. Be sure to check them out using the link in our bio. And if you're interested in signing up, be sure to use our referral code at Optimex Sports dot com slash sign up slash hockey house pod now is the perfect time to be thinking about your website here i know a lot of seasons came to an end last weekend we're gonna have a lot of seniors moving on from programs who have done tremendous work and it's time for the underclassmen to start picking up the slack and the best way you can do that is getting in contact with optimex sports because they are going to take your website to new levels this upcoming off season so be sure to check them out at optimex sports Uh, We have a new sponsorship opportunity for the blowout of the week. It's going to be Glick's blowout of the week presented by ACHA Burgers. Glick, who do we have coming up this week? Yeah, so for the very first ACHA Burger blowout of the week, we have University of Delaware from the CHF defeating LaSalle University 17 to 1. I'll be honest, I did not even realize LaSalle University had a hockey team, but certainly one way to find out. Yeah, that's that's a tough look. I mean, we're we're talking two touchdowns here and, and a field goal, so... Pour one out for the LaSalle guys. Game of the week. Not many games going on this week. I know uh, Minot and Jamestown are meeting up with each other. One to to watch out for this weekend is going to be Oregon taking on UNLV. The Ducks were eliminated from D2 play, but did schedule an exhibition with the Rebels. This is the start of Division I hockey for Oregon fans, so it'll be a a good test for them before going into next season. We're going to do a big Nationals preview next week, but we did want to update some people on some teams that are going to the national tournament because since we last spoke the d2 field has been set d3 field has been set women's division one and women's division two have all been set so we want to first highlight the eight teams that clinched spots in the division two tournament joining the teams who had auto bids trine and wisconsin are moving on from the central region uh university of new hampshire and bentley from the northeast ohio state and indiana from the southeast and montana state and providence from the west in the 
men's division three tournament they released their pools for the tournament in pool a uh we're going to kick things off with the defending national champions the number one seed hope college flying dutchman they'll be joined by central michigan iowa state and the coast guard academy and then pool b we have grand valley state new mexico dartmouth and saginaw valley state over in pool c we'll have florida gulf coast lawrence tech Michigan and Trine. And then lastly, the final four teams in Pool D, we have Arkansas, the runner-ups, joined by Notre Dame, Nebraska, and Miami of Ohio. So those are the teams who will be heading to St. Louis to represent men's division three. And then moving on, the division one women's tournament was announced. The teams heading to St. Louis, there will be 10 of them. We have Liberty, Midland, Minot State, Adrian College, Lindenwood, Indiana Tech, the University of Massachusetts, McKendry, Maryville, and University of Colorado. 10 teams heading to St. Louis to represent women's division one. Like I said, we'll go over some picks next week in our preview, but we want to give these teams a shout out for making it this far. And then we have plenty of teams teams heading to St. Louis for the Women's Division 2 tournament. In the Northeast region, we have Northeastern, Boston College, UNH, and the University of Vermont. In the Southeast region, we have the Naval Academy, University of Delaware, Rowan, Pitt, and Nova. And in the Central, we have Lake Superior State, the number one seed, Sioux College, Adrian College, and Northern Michigan. And then in the West region, Dakota College, North Dakota State, and uh, Assiniboine Community College. That is a school I have never heard of in my life. A-S-S-I-N-I-B-O-I-N-E. Never seen that one before in my life. A shout out to those ladies on that team. So I just looked up where that school is. It's in Manitoba. So there's going to be a Canadian team in the ACHA national tournament. Wow, that is... I'm looking it up now. I'm trying to find a pronunciation guide here, and uh, I'm not getting one here. Let's. I, I'm not leaving this pod until we can get this pronounced. I am going to drive myself crazy trying to say that. Anyways, that is the Division Two Women's Tournament. Hopefully when we see them in St. Louis, they can let us know how to pronounce their their school's name but the the ladies from manitoba are coming down for the tourney it's gonna be a really exciting one herm i'm gonna hope that you somehow cut that maybe most of that but um (laughs) in in a way that doesn't make me sound like like that but we're really excited to be heading down to nationals and that begs the question of the week if you were to have the national tournament in any location where would it be and try to avoid having it in a place where it's already been done before glick we'll throw it over to you first for some reason, I would have to say in California. I don't know why. I feel like just a nice warm weather, sunny weather would be great. Just have a bunch of ACHA teams just running it up. Are we having this at like crypto.com arena? Like where are we just going to pick any arena in, in California? Whatever arena is dumb enough to host a, an ACHA tournament. Glick is clearly on like American Airlines and <laughs> Delta's payroll. Because you want a league that is primarily composed of Northeast and Midwest teams to all fly out to California on shoestring budgets. I think that's what what's make it interesting. Just getting a bunch of East Coast teams just taking on the West Coast in California. I like it. Ball on a budget here, Glick. Let's send everybody out there. Spirit Airlines is the new partner with the ACHA at that point. Jesus. Herm, where are you where where are you gonna have it? Something a little bit more realistic. Chicago. How has it not been done yet? There are so many ranks to choose from. Fifth third was a great host for the Chicago Classic. Joe Caprio and I were talking about it between games. It should have happened and should have 
happen at some point. Yeah, I think that that would be really good. I feel like, I mean, they ha- they definitely have not done it at, at Fifth Third Arena, but I think Robert Morris in their day probably got to host it. I think that was where Wally said he played in the national tournament, right? I guess mine mine's pretty similar ballpark to Chicago. I would say Buffalo would be a good place to have it too. I think they have a decent amount of rinks. You could have it at Northtown, and then you could have the the national championships could be played at the Harbor Center. I think that would be pretty good. You wouldn't be able to play any at the. Hopefully, you wouldn't be able to play any outdoors at the Riverworks, but you never know with with Western New York. I would hope Syracuse would throw in their hat in the ring for a bid. We could have it at the On Center. And then at, at some community rinks in the area. Those are my suggestions. Let's let's bring the uh, bring the national tournament to Bills Mafia country. Before we go, boys, I know I'm just fired up here. Um, I'm ready to go. Got the flights booked. We're we're ready. To, we're sending it to St. Louis. Looking forward to some good weeks. So if, if you're listening to this and your team is also going to St. Louis, shoot us a DM. We'd love to connect with as many people as we can once we get down there. That being said, you'll hear from us next week uh, with our national tournament preview. Everyone have a good week. Stay safe.